Welcome to Mile High Magazine. Mile High Magazine takes a look at the issues and people shaping events in Colorado. Presented by the Public Affairs Department of Bonneville, Denver. Here's your host, Murphy Houston. Good morning and welcome into another edition of Mile High Magazine. I'm Murphy Houston, and I don't know if you knew this or not, but the month of September is National Recovery Month. And we've invited some guests in that have been with and working with Al-Anon, members of Al-Anon for a while. We have Josh and Debbie. Josh, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Well, it's a good day, right? Any day you're breathing, right, Josh, is a good day. (laughs) Debbie, how are you today? I'm awesome. Good. Thank you very much for coming in. Uh, we want to talk about Al-Anon that's been around a while. In fact, Josh, you might be able to give us a little heritage uh, history about Al-Anon. Al-Anon was uh, formed in 1951. It was uh, founded by uh, Lois W., who was the wife of Bill W., the founder of AA. But actually, family groups had been uh, existing alongside AA groups from the very beginning of AA, uh, at least after the, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous was published in 1939. So it was formally founded in 1951. Well, well what does the name mean? What is, what is Al-Anon? Al-Anon, uh, the derivation of that is Alcoholics Anonymous Family Groups. And our formal name is Al-Anon Family Groups. It was never actually called that full, long Alcoholics Anonymous thing, but that's the derivation of it. Okay. And Debbie, what, uh, what's the purpose of Al-Anon? I mean, Josh kind of touched on it, but... Sure. The purpose of Al-Anon is to help... Uh, friends and relatives of alcoholics by sharing their experience, strength, and hope with each other. So how does that work? So we have meetings that you can attend. And really, it's a miraculous program because we don't um, give advice, um, but we learn by what other people have gone through. So that's what we mean by sharing experience, strength, and hope. It's like a support group for each other. Exactly. I bet that's extremely helpful. It is. Tell us so. How so? Well, um, so first of all, you know, before I found out about Al-Anon, there was a lot of fear. Um, There was a lot of I'm alone in this whole thing. Um, So when we go to meetings, we find that other people are going through the same things. Right. And we can identify with their their problems and their issues. Um, So we learn that we are not alone. And you help each other out. Absolutely. Does it go beyond the meetings? I mean, you you have the meetings or if something were to happen, can somebody call you and say, hey, Debbie, I need some help? There are meetings. There are people you can talk to. Um, There's... The 12 Steps, which is um, actually founded or taken from Alcoholics Anonymous, which we work um, and we learn about ourselves. We learn that we can't cause the alcoholism, we can't cure it, and we can't control it. So this is more for you, the families. Correct. You agree with that, Josh? Absolutely. And I might add one thing to the resource side of that is uh, we have a thing called sponsorship, which is similar to what AA does. And, um, and a sponsor is simply another member who helps us understand how to work the steps and, and what the steps mean in our own lives. And that's not just for new people. Uh, I've been in Al-Anon for over 40 years, and I have a sponsor. Wow. And I, I sponsor one person who's been in Al-Anon longer than I have. Uh, so we help each, this is an ongoing process of helping, helping each other understand where we are with the steps at any given time in our lives. 
So when we talk about these Al-Anon meetings, Josh, and families, are kids involved with that? There is a, a separate program uh, called Al-Ateen. Uh, in, the, in the Denver area, it really has not been active in some time. But uh, anyone of any age is welcome at Al-Anon meetings. And I personally believe that, that that's actually a better approach than, than the separate meeting. That I would think so. So my, my daughter came to Al-Anon meetings with me when she was six years old and, and sat in the corner with a coloring book and then absorbed a lot of the principles of the program along the way. Well, it's kind of a learning process for the whole family at the same time. Absolutely. Which is important. And Debbie, does the alcoholic and the spouse go together? Are they involved with that? So typically, um, the alcoholic does not attend. And many times, the um, the person who starts going to Al-Anon doesn't even share that news with the alcoholic because oh. they're just, um, they're afraid. They're afraid that they're going to make matters worse. And they just really don't know if that's the right thing. Um, so... It's a tough decision to make, isn't it? It is. Yeah, very hard. And men and women alike are allowed, right, Josh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, and one other point on, on uh, whether the alcoholic would attend meetings, we actually have many members of Al-Anon who are also members of Alcoholics Anonymous. It turns out, of course, that most people who are alcoholics came from alcoholic families. That's very true. And so uh, uh, I sponsor two people who, right at the moment, who are also members of Alcoholics Anonymous, but they're working an Al-Anon program separate from their AA program. How do, how do you know, Josh, that you you need this, you need Al-Anon? At some point, you have to make that decision, right? Yeah, and that that's so unique. That's so different from everybody, for everybody. And uh, and that's one of the things a sponsor helps you understand is it, however you got there. And people are often referred by a therapist or a counselor. Sometimes they're referred by a friend. Sometimes they're they're alcoholic family member will be an AA and will suggest that they go to Al-Anon. But then once we're in, we form a deeper understanding of how we've been affected. And that's one of the things that sponsorship is very helpful for. I would imagine it would be. And Debbie, why do you keep going back? I mean, you keep going back for Great. years. How long have you been involved? So I've been a member, an active member for about 23 years. It's a long time. Yeah. I have found that even if the alcoholic in my life is drinking or not, this program helps me with all facets of my life. So my work, um, just dealing with relationships and, and my friends and people and difficult situations. Um, I'm a better person as a result of this program. Um, and I just, I just choose to keep going back. Um, I do find that if I am, I, I'm not actively involved with the program, I'm not working the steps and I'm not going to meetings that my mind can go backwards and I can, um, yeah, I can kind of slip into some old behavior patterns that are not helpful for my situation and my relationships. So that's why I keep going. How often are the meetings? They have meetings every day. Um, do you go every day? I don't. I but don't. Some, some do go every day. A particular group usually meets once a week. I could. And, right. and there's All about right. 110 or 115 Al-Anon groups in the metropolitan area, Denver metropolitan area, every week. So I go to a couple of meetings a week, typically. But then I count my meetings with my sponsees or my sponsor as, as meetings as well. Right. So it gets to be a lot more than that. <laughs> do you do the sponsor mm -hmm. thing as well, Debbie? 
I do. I have I have a sponsor, and I also sponsor others in the program. How comfortable is that for you? Is that is that extremely helpful that it you is have that? such a blessing and such a gift to be able to give back what I have gotten all these years. So um, it's part of the uh, of working the program and, and being of service to others. So it, and it really helps me um, in my life because I can think back. And I can say, oh, I've been through that situation. And it helps me remember exactly what I, the tools that I needed um, at the time so I can share that and um, help others. Experience is extremely important, like mm-hmm. in everything in life. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and my experience with sponsorship, too, is that that's, I learn more from my sponsees than from any other source. Because I, as I see how they start to employ the principles of the program, it keeps informing me. How so? It's, it's just a matter of observing and being with them. And, and these are fairly close relationships. Sure, uh, mm-hmm. sure. And many of them over a long period of time. So we, we know each other and we understand each other. And I'll have a, a sponsor start talking about something and sometimes I'll think, I haven't got a clue here. I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> and, but we, we keep talking and ask a few questions and talk about one of the steps perhaps that seems to apply and pretty soon they're figuring out something that I never could have figured out. Well, that's crazy. So you just mentioned the word, and I wanted to ask that question, kind of back up a little bit here in our discussion. Steps. What does it mean to work the steps? What are the steps? The steps are 12 steps. They were originally written by Bill Wilson in the book Alcoholics Anonymous, which is sometimes called the big book. And he said in an interview or in a, wrote in an article one time later that he wrote the steps because he didn't want to give these drunks any wiggle room, uh, that he wanted it to be precise instructions for how they were working the program. But family members had already discovered that they, by doing the same work, they were recovering as well. So when Al-Anon was formed, the steps were adopted with only the change of one word, uh, and that was carrying the message. We carry the message to others. The AA program says they carry the message to alcohol. Do you do the steps with the alcoholic uh, with, with, when you're with Al-Anon, or is it separate? It's separate. It's separate. Now, there, I know of families where they, the husband and the wife, for example, might both be in the program, and they're both working a program, and they often do some things, some parts of that together. together. But that's entirely personal. Is that the same for you, Debbie? So one of the things, when we work the steps, it uh, becomes our program. So even if I have someone in my family who might be working their steps or they might be an Alcoholics Anonymous, they're working their own program. And it is different. They have a different sponsor and whatnot. And um, we all, we're all on a different journey. We're all learning at a different pace. Um, and so um, it also helps me to focus on myself and not go back to focusing on the problems of someone else. Um, but what I can do um, to change myself and change my attitude or my perspective. So that's the difference. AA focuses on the alcoholic. Al-Anon focuses on you and how the steps can help you. Right. That's a good thing. Because doing it together, I would think, would be extremely difficult. Would it be? Probably wouldn't work for most people. Yeah, I wouldn't (laughs) think. Sitting here and just thinking about what you're telling me right now. Debbie, let me ask you this. Is Al-Anon a spiritual program? Yes, it is very spiritual. Um, So, for instance, when I started going, um, 
I didn't have a belief or a concept of a God. Um, And so for those of you who are out there um, that might have a similar experience, so perhaps maybe you grew up in a church that uh, you had a very, very uh, bad experience, um, mean uh, the spiritual program, you can define who your higher power is, okay? So I choose to call my higher power God. Some people might choose a tree, or they might say the universe. Um, but that's all I can tell you. Um, it's spiritual, and it's miraculous because it is a spiritual program, and it works. So you're saying, Josh, that even if I don't believe in God, this is good. Al-Anon is good. And you might believe in God when you're done. Well, or, or some spiritual power like Debbie just said. And that's all over all over the map. And you just use the term spiritual power, and that's what I call my my higher power. The steps use the term higher power, and they also use the term God. But it's it's absolutely unique and individual. I I can consider myself still to be an agnostic. And that's an important principle for me, sure. an important spiritual sure. principle. There's been no difficulty for me to be an agnostic and to find my own spiritual resources using these 12 steps. In fact, the 12 steps lead us to that, to the discovery of ourselves. So I know people who are atheists who are in the program. I know one, I have one sponsee who uh, calls re- reality his higher power, just reality. Is interesting, interesting. And so we find our own way, and, and there's no hoops to jump through. You're not, there's not going to be a test at the end of the day to see if you're really a believer. That We don't have any of that aspect no. to this. But and that, nobody's telling you what you have to believe. I'm just going to ask that question. Mm-hmm. Nobody's saying you've got to believe in this, otherwise it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Because it sounds to me like the 12 steps are somewhat spiritual in themselves. Absolutely. And that leads you to what you believe, and it doesn't make any difference. So if somebody's listening now, as Debbie said, and you have no belief, this shouldn't stop you from reaching out to Al-Anon if you feel the need. That's right. Because sometimes people just take that message away. Oh, gosh, it's a spiritual Christian thing. And it's not. Well, and, and you. But it could be. You brought up the word Christian there. And I, I know a number of people who are Jewish who are in the program. I think I already mentioned people who are atheists who are in the program. Uh, it, it's completely wide open. That's a good thing. So keep that in mind if you are considering this kind of a reach out for you and your family problems. And let's talk about that. How does Al-Anon help family members live with an alcoholic? Deb, can you uh, address that question? Sure. So, you know, we might think that if we uh, join Al-Anon that they're going to tell us how to keep our alcoholic sober. Um, So we quickly learn that, as I mentioned before, we didn't cause it, we can't cure it, and we can't control it. Um, and we learn that uh, all we can do is change ourselves. So when I change, um, I'm changing my attitudes about things and I'm changing my perspective. And we find that, that those changed attitudes can aid in recovery. So you change the attitude, your attitude. Is that offensive to you? I mean, you're adjusting to the alcoholic a little bit. I mean... I- I, mean, I guess it is offensive because I didn't realize it when I first joined that I would change. But I am a completely different person and a happy person today because of it. That helps you handle it. It sure does. Yeah. I mean, we just we learn tools like to, to detach from a mood or to detach from someone who's not being nice to you. We learn that we can have 
a great day despite what might be going on with our loved ones. And it's, you know, we have these slogans that we learn one day at a time. Um, Live and let live, let go and let God. Um, It goes, we have lots of them. Easy does it. Um, Live and let live, like I said, really helps me just do the things that make me happy. And I don't count on or depend on someone else for my own happiness. That was that was a big lesson that I learned. Well, those little phrases, a couple of words, I'm sure you've run through your head every day mm-hmm. at some point or whatever the need might be. How about you, Josh? You feel the same way? How's it help you adjust and handle what you're going through? Well, I absolutely agree. And, and uh, Debbie used the, the word tools, and we, we use that, that uh, term quite a bit in the program. And what I find and what I think most of us find is that the tools help us not just in the situation with our alcoholic relative or or whoever sure. that person is that was our ticket into the program, if you will, but it helps us in everything. It helps us in our careers and our jobs and in uh, just how we live our lives. And a lot of the work that we're doing is to discover things about ourselves and and to become a different kind of self. To be another synonym for self might be ego. To be separated from our egos and to and to confront life in a way differently from how we had done in the past. Does that help you to handle the alcoholic who may not appreciate what you're trying to do? Do they are they aware of what you are doing with Al-Anon to put up with what you have to put up with? Yeah. So a lot of times, um, like I said. Uh, people might choose not to tell them right away and then they learn that they can and then they learn that um, because they're getting stronger or they're getting more independent um, yeah the alcoholic may not like that at first but then they learn they learn kind of what healthy looks like they learn oh my wife is learning about you know she's a happier person and I like that that makes a difference oh I'll bet you know, she's not um, maybe nagging as much or yelling as much. Um, and that's that brings peace into the home. And the, Go another ahead, point, Jess. Another Go point ahead. on that is uh, the, the relationship that we have with our, the alcoholics in our lives just, again, varies all over the map. I've known people who have stayed in a marriage with a drinking alcoholic for maybe 20 years, and the alcoholic never had any recovery. I've known other people who, because the the uh, spouse, the Al-Anon member, found Al-Anon, the, uh, the drinker, the alcoholic, also found mm-hmm. AA as a result of that. I've known marriages that fell apart, that could not survive the changes that the, that the Al-Anon person was experiencing. But it's been everything all over the map. So let me ask you this, uh, Debbie. You're a member of hypothetical situation. You're a member of Al-Anon, but the alcoholic in your family is not dealing with AA, is not trying to make any changes. I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That happens, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's not a requirement. Okay, if I'm going to Al-Anon, you're going to AA, we're going to work this out. That's right. not the requirement. That's their own choice. So how do you handle that? Josh, how do you handle that? The, the steps and and this the spiritual resources give us the strength to do that. Many of the things that we find that we can do in as a result of having been in this program, we could not have done without the program. So the idea of thinking that, 
oh, I'm going to live the next 20 years with an alcoholic. Uh, that's where that one day at a time uh, slogan comes in, is that, well, I can do it today, and then maybe tomorrow I'll, I'll make a, a different decision, but I can do it today. Yeah, and, you know, when we go to meetings, we meet people and we listen to others that have had similar situations. So outside of the meetings, we'll call them. Uh, I, I did that a lot. I called people. I just, and it was very difficult at first to just reach out. But once I did, um, I learned how they handled the situation and it just gave me strength. We're talking to Josh and Debbie, members of Al-Anon, that deal with alcoholic problems in their family. The month of September is National Recovery Month. And let, let's go back on that meeting situation, Josh. I mean, does that really help? I mean, talking about the alcoholic, that really helps, helps you handle it. How does that work? Actually, we don't talk about the alcoholic that much. Really? Uh, it's mainly about you and your situation. And about how I'm using the steps in my own recovery every day. So it may be typical that a person at an Al-Anon meeting will talk about something that's happened to him or her during that week that's been frustrating. And then a few words about that situation. And then the person will say, and then I called my sponsor and then I, I read one of the pieces of literature or I, I worked my third step a little bit and, uh, and, and it helped. So that's, that's really what we talk about more in our meetings than anything to do with it. Not the alcoholic. You agree with that, Debbie? I do. And, you know, different, I mean, all meetings are different and they have different personalities. So you might go to a step meeting one day, another day it's a topic and, you know, it could be anything from fear to detachment. Um, and so then we share about solutions. So we don't share about, you know, what our alcoholic is doing or not doing, but we share about the solutions and our experience with those, um, those topics or situations. I know a, a woman at one of my meetings who says, you, you take your problem to your sponsor, you take your solution to the meeting. Oh, that's good. I like that. Very good. I've known people who's dealt with the situation that were going through therapy, not Al-Anon. Can you do both? Can you be in therapy and be a member of Al-Anon? Absolutely. The difference from my own experience is that Al-Anon is a lot cheaper. <laughs> um, they have donations, depending on the size of the meeting, from a dollar to $2 a meeting. Okay. And... I have gotten more help out of an Al-Anon meeting than I have in therapy. However, I must give credit to my therapist because she's the one who told me about Al-Anon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a team, right, Josh? <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. And, and in fact, I, I have a sponsee right now going through a very difficult situation. And I ask him frequently, uh, did you meet with your, your counselor, your therapist this week? And, and what did she tell you? <laughs> you know, But uh, uh I forgot. There was another point. I was going to follow up on something. Well, they're kind of complementary to each other is what you're saying, right? Therapy Mm -hmm. and Al-Anon. One of the other differences, I think, is that most therapists don't divulge very much about themselves. They encourage the client to to talk. talk. uh, But in Al-Anon, we tell our stories. We do. Our stories are an important part of our recovery. So if Debbie and I are in a meeting together, uh, especially if we're attending the same meeting over a period of time, we get to know each other's stories, and we I get to see how she's using the steps in her life to recover. And, that's and that a, could help you. That's an important piece. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. A question that's running through my mind is, if at some point the alcoholic recovers, things are going good, do you still go to Al-Anon? Is that still important? 
Josh? You couldn't pry me from my Al-Anon meeting. <laughs> well, I guess that answers that question. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually, my, my father was an alcoholic. I came into the, the alcoholic, out to the Al-Anon rooms uh, because of a romantic relationship with an alcoholic. Uh, that woman actually died from the effects of alcoholism a good many years ago, and we had not actually been together for a long time when she died. Uh, I was involved with another woman who was an alcoholic later, and uh, that relationship is gone. My father's been dead. He died after I'd been in the program for about four years. Um, And by the way, the big miracle in my personal recovery is the healing that I had with my father before he died. That's a good thing. which I'm grateful every day of my life. But I still use the principles of this program in my life every hour. Every day. You agree with that, Debbie? Absolutely. That it's still important to be going to Al-Anon, even if the year alcoholics recovered? Yes. It's really easy to just convince ourselves that we don't need it anymore if things are going well. But you never know. You never know when life is going to hit you, um, you know, when there's a curveball thrown at you. And um, my experience is that I do have some family members who are um, in AA, and no matter what, I mean, because they could easily stop going um, and then all of a sudden they could they could start drinking again. So you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, and it just like I said before, it makes me a better person and I can deal with um, situations that I might not have expected. Well, and there'll be a lot of those. Right. I mean, because that's life. <laughs> that's life. That's exactly right. So, Josh. What if you don't have an alcoholic in your family? Al-Anon sounds like something that might be good for maybe a lot of crises in your family. And we do have people who come to the room sometimes who uh, are uh, who may not be able to identify an alcoholic in their family. Sometimes after they've been coming for a while, they realize that, oh, yeah, Uncle Joe, yeah, that, he was certainly an alcoholic and that impacted my life. Um, my experience with that has been that, uh, well, let me back up a little bit. Our third, we have a also traditions that we use as well as the steps. And one of our traditions is that the only requirement for membership is a problem of alcoholism and a relative or friend. But nobody's standing at the door to see if you meet that qualification. No questions asked. And no questions are asked. You decide yourself if that qualifies. I've known people who had grandparents who were alcoholics and they realized that they had been seriously affected by that. So come to the meetings. If you find that you feel like you fit, there's probably alcoholism in there someplace. And you didn't realize it. Yeah. You agree with that, Debbie? I do. So we say that if you are being affected by someone else's drinking, that Al-Anon is for you. And for me personally, I didn't grow up um, with active drinking in my house, but my grandfather was an alcoholic. So there were things that were passed down and it's a you know it's a family disease so everybody gets affected whether or not there is active uh, drinking or not in in you know your immediate family um, but there's there's all sorts of things that get passed down and on this what we're kind of talking now about people perhaps coming to their first meeting and there's, if people are listening and they're thinking well maybe maybe I want to try that there's a couple of things I like to to tell people in that situation go to a number of meetings. We often say go to at least six meetings, but I think more is better sure, than fewer. Sure. And go to different meetings. No, don't go to the same meeting six times, but go to 
of a variety of meetings. And if you go to one that doesn't seem to be working, you don't you don't get anything out of that one. Just go to another one and and leave that one alone for a while that, that you didn't respond to. And the same with the people you meet. Pay attention to the people who seem to have lives that make sense to them. And if they if they're speaking to you, uh, then talk with them and, and find out what what their experience right, has been. Right. And if you meet somebody that you think, well, boy, I don't want what that person has. Well, you, you don't have to have what that person has. <laughs> <laughs> you find your comfort zone. Yes. And it, if it helps, stay there. Yes. You, you agree, Deb? Yes. And I know that there are some people that can't physically make a meeting. Uh, there might be new moms with infants. They do have online meetings. Um, they do have phone meetings. Um, and if you go to our website, um, Al-Anon Colorado, you'll be able to find more information on that. I was going to ask about that. We've talked a, a lot of good things here. Let's get the word out to people that say, I need that. I need to check into that. How do we find out? Website, phone numbers. What do we have, Josh? And then there is a Denver Service Center number. You can call 303-321-8788. Say that again. People are going to try to write that down, you know. I can't write that fast. 303-321-8788. And where does that call go? Who, is there a, a recording, a, a live person answers? There will be a live person that answers. I believe that the hours are from 9 to 4, roughly. But after hours, there's also a live voice answering service, and they will get an Al-Anon member to call you back if you've called after right. hours. And if people aren't quite brave enough yet to call, the website again, where there will be a lot of questions answered there, I'm sure. If they just search for Al-Anon Colorado, they should be able to find it. Right, or even Google that. I guess you could Google yeah. that, right, and mm-hmm. find out. You guys were tremendous today. Congratulations on your success. An ongoing story, I'm sure. Right, Josh? Absolutely, every day. Any final words, Debbie, for anybody that might be on the on the fence about reaching out? Just remember you're not alone. There are others who are sharing your pain and your suffering, and the hardest part is to reach out for help. But once you do, uh, you will get that help. Good thing to end with. Thank you guys for coming in today. Thank you. Thank and you. Thank you for listening to Mile High Magazine. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll talk to you next weekend.